Welcome back to Beyond Texas. I'm going to be a little bit disappointing today, perhaps, because my promised episode on Mark Twain will have to be delayed another week. I am simply not finished. So in the meantime, I will bring you another story by Somerset Mom, his shortest of short stories, and probably, certainly among the top ten of his all-time best in the opinion of people who make lists for these sorts of things. And I concur. The story is simply titled The Man with the Scar. And here it is. It was on account of that scar that I first noticed him, for it ran broad and red from his temple to his chin. This scar spoke of a terrible wound, and I wondered whether it had been caused by a saber or by a fragment of an exploding shell. It was unexpected on that round, fat, and good-humored face— He had small features, and his face went oddly with his large and fat body. He was a powerful man of more than common height. I never saw him in anything but a very shabby gray suit, a khaki shirt, and an old sombrero. He was far from clean. He used to come into the Palace Hotel in Guatemala City every day at cocktail time and tried to sell lottery tickets. I never saw anyone buy, but now and then I saw him offered a drink. He never refused it. He walked among the tables, pausing at each table with a little smile, offered the lottery tickets, and when no notice was taken of him, with the same smile, he passed on. I think he was the most part a little drunk. I was standing at the bar one evening with an acquaintance when the man with the scar came up. I shook my head as for the twentieth time since my arrival when he held out his lottery tickets to me, but my companion greeted him kindly. How is life in it all? Not so bad. Business is not so good, but it might be worse. What will you have in it all? A brandy. He drank it and put the glass back on the bar. He nodded to my acquaintance. Gracias, amigo. Then he turned away and offered his tickets to the men who were standing next to us. Who is your friend? I asked. That's a terrific scar on his face. Ah, It doesn't add to his beauty, does it? He's an exile from Nicaragua. He's a ruffian, of course, and a bandit, but not a bad fellow. I give him a few pesos now and then. He took part in a rebellion and was a general in the rebellious troops. If his ammunition hadn't given out, he'd have upset the government and would be minister of war now, instead of selling lottery tickets in Guatemala. They captured him together with his staff and tried him by court-martial. Such things are usually done without delay in these countries, you know and he was sentenced to be shot at dawn. I think he knew what was coming to him when he was caught. He spent the night in jail, and he and the others, there were five of them altogether, they passed the time playing poker. They used matches for chips. He told me he'd never had such bad luck in his whole life. he lost and lost all the time. When the day broke and the soldiers came into the cell to fetch them for the execution, he had lost more matches than a man could use in a lifetime. They were led out into the courtyard of the jail and placed against a wall, the five of them side by side with the firing squad facing them. There was a pause, and our friend asked the officer commanding the squad what the devil they were waiting for. The officer said that the general commanding the troops wished to attend the execution, and they waited his arrival. Then our friend said, so I have time to smoke another cigarette. But he had hardly lit it when the general came into the courtyard, The usual formalities were performed, 
and the Hinnadal asked the condemned men whether there was anything they wished before the execution took place. Four of the five shook their heads no, but our friend spoke, yes, I should like to say goodbye to my wife. Good, said the Hinnadal, I have no objection to that. Where is she? She is waiting at the prison door. Then it will not cause a delay of more than five minutes. Hardly that, Senor Hinnadal. Have him placed on the side. Two soldiers advanced, and between them the condemned rebel walked to the spot indicated. The officer in command of the firing squad, on a nod from the Hinnadal, gave an order, and the four men fell. They fell strangely, not together, but one after the other. The movements were almost grotesque, as though they were puppets in a toy theater. The officer went up to them, and into one who was still alive emptied his revolver. Our friend finished his cigarette. There was a little stir at the gateway. A woman came into the courtyard with quick steps, and then her hand on her heart stopped suddenly. She gave a cry with outstretched arms and ran forward. Caramba, said the general. She was in black. With a veil over her hair, her face was dead white. She was hardly more than a girl, a slim creature with little regular features and enormous eyes. Her loveliness was such that, as she ran, her mouth slightly open, and the agony on her beautiful face, even the indifferent soldiers who looked at her gave a gasp of surprise. The rebel advanced a step or two to meet her. She threw herself into his arms, and with a cry of passion, Alma de mi corazón, he pressed his lips to hers, and at the same moment he drew a knife from his ragged shirt. I have no notion how he managed to keep it, and he stabbed her in the neck. The blood spurted from the cut vein and dyed his shirt. Then he threw his arms round her and once more pressed his lips to hers. It happened so quickly that many didn't know what had occurred, but the others gave a cry of horror, and they sprang forward and seized him. They laid the girl on the ground and stood round watching her. The rebel knew where he was striking, and it was impossible to stop the blood. In a moment, the officer who had been kneeling by her side rose up, and he whispered, "'She's dead.' The rebel crossed himself. "'Why did you do it?' asked the Hinnadal. "'I loved her.' A sort of sigh passed through those men crowded together, and they looked with strange faces at the murderer. The Hinnadal stared at him for a while in silence. "'It was a noble gesture,' he said at last. "'I cannot execute this man. "'Take my car and drive him to the frontier. "'I honor you, senor, as one brave man must honor another.' and between the two soldiers, without a word, the rebel marched to the waiting car. Here my friend stopped for a little while. I was silent. I must explain that he was Guatemaltecan, and he spoke to me in Spanish. I have translated what he told me as well as I could, but I have made no attempt to change his rather high-flown language. To tell the truth, I think it suits the story. I asked, but how did he get the scar? Oh, well, that was due to a bottle that burst when he was opening it. A bottle of ginger ale, I think. I said, I never liked ginger ale. Well, that's the story. Very interesting. A lot to think about there. Next week, I will get back to Twain and talk to you about how he was one of the world's first true celebrities. Mm -hmm. 